When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. What I'm saying to y'all is this. I have no problem revisiting this conversation, and you might be right. But at this moment, I think you have to give Minnesota an edge over the Giants. Right, and, I, and I'm going Minnesota too, man. And, and, and you talked about all the good things. And I, I, I want to say, well, I, I, need, I need Adam Thielen to jump in this race yeah. and, and do some things. So I'm like, well, come on, Adam, I need you to help out right here. You know, because what, what the game they lost to Philly was Slay taking out Justin Jefferson. And then Minnesota had no other answer. They had no other answer. Oh, I love first take. Welcome in. Purple Daily, as always, brought to you by our friends at Surly Brewing and also by TCL TV. If you're not watching sports on a TCL, what are you doing? Um, and also, two days after, I want to again thank our friends at uh, Surly Brewing for a great watch party slash vent line party at which we all had a, a fantastic time. We did. Uh, to all of you who showed up, thank you again. Drank some delicious Before I Dies. Had some logic bombs in play. Had oh, yeah. certainly some furiouses oh, in yeah. play as well. Surly Brewing, you know what moral of the story is? You can't go wrong. Do you enjoy Declan Goff, the national people who, and I mean, I one, I get the job is tough, okay? Because you can't right. watch every game. But Crazily? I love when a team like the Vikings gets good, and so the national people start to debate them and chime in. And you get stuff like this. That week two game, Thielen, I don't think, and I've been critical, and so have you of him before. I don't think he did one thing wrong. He just wasn't really included wasn't as really much that. as he should have been. And by the way, it was week two, and since then they've won, what, three consecutive games? Yeah. Or four consecutive games. So the point is, I, I just I love when a team gets good and, like, the national pundits jump in. Uh, I do agree, though. Right now, if you said you have to take the Giants or the Vikings, I agree. The Vikings. The Vikings. Uh, the Giants are great. Like it's a good story. It's a good story. Uh, yeah, but but my God, do you trust Daniel Jones? Oh no, more than Kirk Cousins. Oh no, 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 no chance in hell. Me neither. All right, the Vikings are five and one at the bye. Yes. Um, this is a key week because it is time to self scout. Self scout. Self scouting in this case means Kevin O'Connell. And Donatel, all of the coaching staff sits down and spends, while the players go on vacation, the coaching staff spends their time breaking things down. And in fact, in fact, just a quick tease, cross-promotion here, I wrote about this for my friends at the exclusive now 
writing home of Vikings wow. material from Judd Zolgad, Vikings Wire. So check it out, vikingswire.com, because I wrote about the importance of the bye week and the self-scout and the fact that this comes at the perfect time. But Declan, it also comes at the perfect time, at the perfect time to do a bye week of praise pie chart assessing the first six games and why the Vikings are five and one. Now on Mackie and Judd. You wanted better charts that you could see the fine print on. The pie chart of praise. You should be singing his praises. Back-to-back pie weeks. Or uh, pie charts, excuse me. Pie charts. Back-to-back days of pie charts. Back-to-back days of pie charts. And by the way, this was your idea. It's a great idea. Thank you. I love this. Thank you. I love it. Um, And and for for those who who are saying, why are you two goofballs on the screen and Phil is not... Uh, Phil, as we talked about, is attending to family business. His father passed away over the weekend, but he will be back. We expect him back for Write That Down Wednesday tomorrow. So um, hopefully he gets back and we can start to talk some football again, which is great therapy for everybody. Um, So pie chart of praise for the bye week. Um, I'm going to start. I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got seven pieces of pie. Okay. Because I think that there's a lot of credit to go around here. I like seven pieces. Okay. I think there's a lot of credit, and yes, there are people that deserve the most, so I'm going to be very fair, uh, but I'm giving a bunch of small pieces as we start out because of because of things down. that I think have made a difference. And by the way, just to be very clear, by the, by way, the way, just to be very clear, I, um, I am sure that I am missing some people. Yeah. I'm sure of that. Okay. But, all right. Two pieces at 5% okay. defensive players. Oh, all right. Yep, yep, yep. A 5% chunk to the guy who had a great game on Sunday, Zadarius Smith. Zalarius? But it's not just because, as Randy from Cottage Grove calls him, Zalarius, it's not just because of Sunday. I feel that he has had, he has done probably as much or more than I initially expected. I, I would say more. I, th- I think it's safe to say yeah. he has done more than expected. Absolutely. So 5% goes to former Packer, Zedaria Smith. Another 5% chunk, and, and I'd like to explain this because at first it might seem a little bit odd. Another 5% chunk I'm going to give to a guy who I think has acquitted himself very well despite the fact that he was benched in the Eagles game, which was week two and we are now, uh, what, through six weeks. But I'm going to give a 5% chunk to Cam Dantzler. Okay. And here's and here's my explanation. Okay. Yes. But I'd like to explain this because at yeah, first I do. think at first at first blush it's like, "Oh, really? 5% to Cam Dantzler." Um so Patrick Peterson on Sunday had a very good game. Broke up a couple passes, two or three passes, picked off a pass late. Yep. When the season started, aside from the deep shot on the opening play from scrimmage of from Rodgers to Christian Watson, which the Packers receiver basically dropped. Uh, for It feels to me, and I don't know if the stats back this up fully or not, that teams have thrown towards, teams were throwing towards Dantzler and away from Peterson. Uh, not because Patrick is great, but he's veteran, he's savvy, he's still good. He's very, very smart. Like positioning and things like that. And so it felt to me like there was a chunk of time there where teams are like, you know what, we're going to test Cam Dantzler. Um, I think his play, for the most part, and it, it, it's improved. I think what's happened now is the Dolphins were like, hold on a second, Cam Dantzler's playing well. Let's test Peterson, veteran player in the heat. 
And so I give Dantzler a lot of credit. This guy, you know, you go back to last year, and he got in Zim's doghouse quickly, was inactive for week one, eventually got back in. But, I mean, Bashad Breland, who was cooked, was starting in front of him. Um, Cam Dantzler could have pouted his way out of here. Like, there, there could have been a lot that could have gone wrong at that point in time. And I feel like he has now been given an opportunity. And, yes, the Eagles game for a lot of guys was terrible. But I feel like he is also, like, we had a lot of questions. In fact, I think you, Declan Goff, might have had the most as the season uh, got set to open about the cornerbacks. Yes. Uh, and it feels like Cam Dantzler has held up really well. And I love the fact that the Dolphins were to the point of throwing at Peterson, not Dantzler as much. So I'm going to give a 5% chunk for cornerback play to Dantzler because I feel like the corners have probably been far more successful than we thought they might be. So actually, that's funny because uh, in some of the stats I was going to bring up, I was going to talk about the differences between Peterson and Cam Dantzler. I will say this about about your note. Uh, the Dolphins targeted Cam Dantzler on just one play yesterday. Or right. on Sunday, excuse me. Yeah, I, I knew what you meant. They targeted Patrick Peterson eight times. But I like that because Peterson then played well. Yep. But I like but I like the fact I'm, my biggest concern with corners is the easy target guy, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So if Dantzler breaks down, it's like, well, hell yeah, we're going to just continue to throw his way and we're going to continue to expose him. And much like goaltending, which is a problem in these parts right now, oh, cornerback play has a lot of confidence. So if you lose that confidence, the teams are going to exploit your weaknesses. Well, I will say this brief tease. I'll give you a side-by-side bigger comparison later on in the show of targets on Cam Dantzler and targets on Patrick Peterson. So a little, okay. little, little, little tease. We'll put a little pin in that as you still okay. construct this pie chart. But a very interesting stats with both these cornerbacks because I've... I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not going to say this anymore. So brief I don't tease. want you to say anymore. Brief tease. I don't want you to say tease. anymore. But, it, but Cam Dantzler, 5%, really for establishing a cornerback twosome there. Shannon Sullivan, I have questions about. Yep. Uh, but the outside corners, I think, have have held up probably better than we expected. 10%. I'm going interior defensive line here, and a guy that's graded out really high PFF a lot. Um, and I think that he is... So among, among the fact that there are guys that definitely probably are not perfect fits for the 3-4 defense that the Vikings are playing. This guy probably a much better fit for the 3-4 than he was the 4-3 previously with Zimmer. 10% Dalvin Tomlinson. Interesting. And just Dalvin Tomlinson, not the the interior itself? Not the interior line, yes. yes. And Harrison Phillips has played fine too. But my point is, Dalvin Tomlinson graded out in a lot of those early games really well, Mm -hmm. PFF-wise. The interior of the Vikings defensive line the past couple years, partially because of injury problems, right? but really had fallen off, really had fallen off. And I, and I looked this up yesterday, you know, their run defense now, middle of the pack. So it's not atrocious. And, and they held the dolphins to, I want to say 70 plus yards, which was a big, a big gain. No pun intended. So all of that being said, I'm trying to give credit here to specific people at times. And all of that being said, I give 10% to what Dalvin Tomlinson has meant. And and it's not a sexy job. And it's certainly not one that like stands out as yeah. you watch a game. 
but I'm giving him a chunk of the pie. Uh, without seeing his previous PFF grade, this year he has a 75.3 PFF grade, which is good. It, it's above at, above league average. It's a solid player. Um, 12 tackles this year, a couple sacks even too. Uh, but yes, he has. he's been better. He's been noticeably better than, than he was last season too. I agree. Yes, exactly right. All right, so, so far... Zadarius Smith, 5%. Cam Dantzler, 5%. Dalvin Tomlinson, 10%. Now now we get into a 15% chunk of pie. And this chunk is going to be geared towards the the offensive line, but two people in particular, more an emphasis on the first name than the second one, but they both get credit. Christian Derrissaw, who's been unbelievable, looking like a great draft pick right now by Rick Spielman. Brian O'Neill. This is get, this is one chunk. This is this is one chunk of pie, but but I would give I would probably go nine percent. You know what? No, ten percent to Darisoff, five percent to Brian. Yep. But both both um both were top five in the PFF grades for the Vikings through yep. week five. And both tackles. O'Neal looks like he gets beat sometimes when I don't think it's him. Um but Darisaw has been marvelous. And O'Neal has been solid. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Vikings now have young, have solidified two of the most important positions offensively, which is tackle, with young players who look like they, they have really bright futures. And Christian Derrissaw could be a Pro Bowl type player. I, I mean, he's playing like a Pro Bowler right now. So they are going to they are going to both be named for a 15% chunk. But if I give it a little more thought, I would actually go 10% for Derrissaw, 5% for O'Neal, but they are my brightest spots on an offensive line. Uh, the interior graded terrible on Sunday, but overall, the line has been far superior to what we've seen in recent years. Yes, it's it makes life so much easier when you're two pillars, basically, and Brian O'Neill and Christian Derrissaw are established. Brian O'Neill's been just legitimately one of the most underrated right tackles in the game since he became a starter for the Vikings. And it is so funny because uh, I was listening to the Levitard show yesterday, and we can't name these offensive tackles. We know the ones that play on your team. You kind of know the good units as a whole, like the Dallas Cowboys from a few years ago. But it's the one position in this game, one of the one of the few positions I maybe should say, that there are actually really good players and we don't talk about them. Because they don't score fantasy points. Because they don't right. do anything spectacular. They're big guys in the middle that, that go kind of unnoticed and unappreciated. But there are so many good ones. And the Vikings are fortunate because they have two of the best tackles in the league so far. And again, to my grand point, I don't think anyone really knows that. And I totally agree 1,000%, especially at right tackle. Name me right tackles. Like like great generational left tackles we do know, uh, because they, they you know often protect the quarterback's blindside if it's a right-handed quarterback. But right tackles ain't got no chance. No I idea. get, yeah. Nobody outside of this state. Hey, who's the Vikings right tackle? Brian O'Neill. You're exactly right on that. Okay, so 15% to those two. Um, another 15% chunk goes to a guy whose stats are down. His stats are down, but his bling is up because his wins are up. 15% goes to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins' stats aren't great for Kirk Cousins because we're used to him putting up huge stats. Uh, but you know what? The man has played a key role in this team winning four consecutive games, being 5-1. and one. 
He has come through in the clutch when it mattered. Uh, He has, for the most part, not made egregious mistakes. And when he has, i.e. the Bears game, he then makes up for it. I will pound the table on this one for the rest of the season as long as it continues to be the case, which is Kirk Cousins, I would far rather have this guy than the stats guy. Now, if he combined them, that'd be fine too. But my criticism of Kirk was you put up big stats, but do you help your team? And the reality was he started to a little bit more last year, but this year, 1,000%. The Kevin O'Connell, Kirk marriage, I don't know that it's exactly what either one thought it would be. And, and, you know, and I I don't know that Kirk is Kevin's long-term solution for, for what he deems to be the ideal quarterback. But right now, it's working well enough to get wins. And I don't care about the stats. The offense should operate it should operate more smoothly. And the Dolphins game was really bad for the most part. But all of that being said, you are 5 and 1 and that gets Kirk Cousins a 15% chunk of this pie. Interesting. I'm I'm curious to hear uh, the second half of this pie trucks. I believe you're at 50% as it's constructed right now. Uh and with Kirk getting 15% of this pie, let me see here. 15, 30, yeah, you're at 50% so far of pie given out that you've distributed. So you have uh, five pieces of pie total here. You have three more to go. You have eight, to- or uh, is it eight pieces of pie? I or have seven? two more to go. Two more to go. I have two more to go. Two more to go. As we're doing math on the fly, but only 15% seven. to Kirk. I'm I'm curious on the next two chunks of pie here. Curious on the okay. next two chunks of pie. Very fair. Very fair. And there's one big chunk. Yeah. I'll tease it. Let yeah. me that. There's one big chunk to come. Okay. Uh, the next chunk... Chunk six goes to Justin Jefferson at 20%. Okay. Justin Jefferson makes the biggest difference offensively because even when he doesn't have, well, first of all, when he has a game like he had on Sunday, which is more than 100 yards receiving, people like me are like, oh, that's it? Like, I was watching that game, and I was shocked to see that, that the final stats, his stats, were that good. That's a me problem. But the other thing is, look at the coverages now and look at what the Vikings have to exploit offensively because some teams, i.e. the Dolphins, and I don't blame them, are beyond scared of being burned badly by Justin Jefferson. I give him a 20% chunk because his God-given ability and his work and and, and his basically just being one of the most dangerous receivers in the entire league causes a focus that allows guys like Kevin O'Connell to operate with a lot of different options. So I give a 20% chunk because the guy is a superstar. Uh, And and the definition to me of that is you have to pay attention to him every single snap that he is on the field. 20% goes to Justin Jefferson. His presence, no matter what he does, makes the Vikings better. He had 100 yards receiving against the Dolphins, and I hadn't. Didn't even notice him. And that's that's the type of it. And I don't mean that as a slight to him. Two big plays, right? Yeah. Two big plays. But yeah, but I mean, I was thinking Thielen's on a huge day. That's, Look at the box. That's card. a testament to how well of a player he is that the fact he had 100 yards receiving, and that's the floor of his game. Like that that type of game, and I know he had some clunkers against Philly and Detroit where he didn't put up big stats, but he still was able to get over 100 yards against the Dolphins in general. But in in the terms of the six games of the season, you're five and one in the wins that you've had. I mean, he just showed up big time. Obviously, week one was a career day for him. 
Um, he has put up other monster days so far. You funnel everything through Jefferson. They're starting to make him pass a little bit more, which is actually the Judd Zolgab plan that he has been telling this Vikings coaching staff, whether it was KOC or Zimmer, to do oh, a long great, time ago. I think they, throw a bomb this I year. think he said, uh, I watched the KOC breakdown with that on Vikings.com. That was technically like a 40 yard throw from, from the field. Yeah, across the field. I said that. That was a tough throw. Yeah, that's. He said that was not, a dangerous He said tough not throw. many like legitimate quarterbacks can really make that type of Kirk, throw. Like, that's Kirk a tough throw, dude. Off. Yeah. Kirk might get picked off. Oh, no, no. This kid and. And if if um, if you did Justin Jefferson's war, part of his war would include how much teams have to pay attention. Like when he doesn't do a thing. Yep. It's the attention. Watch what they're doing to try and stop him. And that gives you and, – and this is where I didn't trust Kubiak, but I trust O'Connell. Yep. Which is, okay, when that happens, what are you doing to create circumstances where – you can use that to your advantage consistently. And I feel like I against the Dolphins, um, while they didn't play well offensively at all, there were times where they definitely used the attention on Jefferson to make plays. So, Justin Jefferson, 20%. So, right now, to recap, Justin Jefferson, praise pie chart at the bye week, 20% for Jefferson, 15% for Cousins. Derisaw and O'Neal, the tackles, I split 15%. Dalvin Tomlinson, 10%. Cameron Dantzler, 5%. Zadaria Smith, 5%. So there's only one chunk of pie left, though, so it's 30%. And you can probably guess where it's going. It is going to the head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Um, This is not a finished product. This is a product that needs improvement. Uh, this is a team that, that is on the upswing, but nowhere near where... It should be consistently. And as O'Connell said in his post-game press conference on Sunday, and it was his best use of a word, which is, you know, we're a team. They all pull together. We need more consistency. That's exactly right. But Kevin O'Connell, from the day he got this job and then the first day of training camp, has changed the atmosphere. He has found ways to win games. Uh, if you look, so the devil is in the details of situational football. I love situational football. Hmm. Um Football. Thank you very much. But if you look at the last two weeks and the situational, and I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a, a comp from the Bears game to the Dolphins game. So I, I want to say in London, when they played the Saints, the Vikings offensively on third down were lousy. And red zone, lousy. They come back against Chicago. I think they scored touchdowns every trip into the red zone. And, and I believe on third down, they were pretty prolific. Last Sunday, Miami, against a defense that had not played well, like there was a lot, and, and it's it still, look, it's not a, a great product, but look at situationally, third down, the Dolphins weren't successful, and that was absolutely huge. Uh, the Vikings aren't being penalized much, which is absolutely huge. The Dolphins, what, five penalties on one drive, including three consecutive? That's brutal. That's awful. That's undisciplined. The Vikings have been disciplined. So if you look at the puppet strings that O'Connell is pulling, both from a locker room standpoint and also from a game day standpoint, for a rookie head coach who's calling plays, which, by the way, is really difficult, um, I ain't saying he's great yet, but he has done a damn good job. And I'm giving him a 30% piece of pie based on the fact that he has found a way with this team far from firing on all cylinders, Declan, to get them to five and one, and and he and Brian Dable to me 
are easily the leading candidates for coach of the year in this league. Easily. This has been an impressive job by O'Connell. 30% goes to a guy who is orchestrating things really, really well six games in. You know, the Wills decided to not necessarily blow this up roster-wise. They made the decisions to make a change at GM and head coach, and they said everything else in this pie, for the lack of a better word, is mostly fine. There's some tweaks we could make. You know, we could add some flour here instead of some sugar here. You know, you can figure out whatever you want to do in the pie. But mostly the construction of the pie is here. We like the pieces that are in the pie. And when you are 5-1 and one and you aren't blowing games in the final two minutes of, of the half or blowing two minutes of the, uh, or allowing points in the final two minutes of a half or um, blowing the game in the final two minutes of it, that comes down to coaching. And Kevin O'Connell has this team schemed in the right ways. They're not melting under pressure. He has Kirk Cousins under his worst statistical start through six games, and he's 5-1. and one. And I think mostly uh, Kirk would also say, I'm fine with that because you're winning games. Uh, and Kirk's even dropped some of those subtle hints that this is, you know, it, he's not blaming Zimmer, but he keeps comparing things to the situations of last year, which is an indirect shot at, at Zimmer and the coaching staff and being embraced. And yes, this comes down to Kevin O'Connell being um, the biggest chunk of pie. Actually, I have, I have no problem with KOC being the biggest chunk of pie here because um, he has made he's, the biggest difference. He's the reason you're five and one. He is. Yeah, he is the, he is the MVP. He is. Yep. He, I mean, what he has done, and and what what impresses me the most is the Vikings aren't hot. Like it's not like they came out of the gates and you're like, oh my god, this is a high flying circus act, right? Like they, he, they're not there yet. And and the most important thing in this league, in which there are a ton of ugly games, is how do you find a way to win? He does. I mean, think about this. This team brought in Nathaniel Hackett for an interview. Yeah. The oh Broncos God. are a disaster. I oh, don't know this guy's going to survive the season, though. They stink. I mean, his in-game coaching, you know, before before any of us take for granted that O'Connell has done a pretty good job of making in-game coaching look not tough, Yep. go watch a Broncos game. Oh, it's my. damn tough. And when you're calling plays, when you're trying to call plays and run the, the game, and I know you get help, and, and you know, Bringing in a clock guy to stand by him or to help him was smart of KOC. Bringing in Mike Pettin, a veteran former head coach, to help was incredibly smart. But all that being said, if there's screw-ups, that's on your plate. And Kevin O'Connell's done a great job. And you watch a guy like Hackett or locally watch P.J. Flack run a game. It's really, really difficult. And if you don't do it well, it's obvious. Um, and so, yeah, I think that if you could do it, Kevin O'Connell, six games in at the bye week, is the MVP of this team, and that's why I'm giving him 30% of the piece of pie. Wowzer. Uh, Judd, I have some omissions that I want to talk about with you, and not that I'm shocked they're not on your pie chart, but just some omissions on, on the pie chart, and maybe one Absolutely. person that deserves to be on here that you didn't give enough credit for. But when you, Judd Zolgat eats his pie, he still can eat pie, thanks to his friends at Livia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Down 40 pounds. In fact, I started a little more than a year ago on the program, and I'm going to tell you right now it works. Livia Weight Control Centers. It's not a diet plan. It is a lifestyle change, and it is great. And the most important thing is once the weight comes off, they help you keep that that weight off. They've got a program, a maintenance program that works Mm -hmm. out fantastically. If you join right now, you'll get eight weeks for free. The new Flex Program, it lets you enjoy the foods you love. Fruit, pasta, and even bread. We have had several notes from folks throughout the entire country 
of course all Vikings fans, saying, I tried it, I joined, and you know what? It's worked for me, and now I am keeping the weight off. I, I had somebody come up to me at the vent line party on Sunday and say, I dropped 30 pounds. How can you get on board? It's so simple. 855-GO-LIVIA, Livia, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Livia, L-I-V-E-A, spell it with me, dot com. All right, so some omissions on this pie chart here, because if we were to do a pie chart appraise preseason of who are going to be, you know, guys that were going to make the biggest impact for the Vikings, I think there's two names on here you didn't mention that we are probably surprised they aren't on this pie chart. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, let's let's be obvious here, Daniil Hunter. Uh, Daniil Hunter, who I think is now trending in the right direction, but as a whole, it's just been a little confused. It's been a confusing start. I think that's, I won't use the word disappointing. It hasn't been a disappointing start. It's been a confusing start. Um, sure. Just because I think he's being schemed in incorrect ways with that Donatel. Now, again, last week against the Dolphins, I think we're trending back in a better direction. He's a freak athlete. He doesn't just have to have his hand in the dirt, but I wish his hand in the dirt was in was there more. Um, it is pretty surprising that we did a seven-piece pie chart at the bye week. The Vikings are 5-1. and one. And Daniil Hunter is not on it. Not a slight at you. It's just it is kind of interesting how this has shaken out through the first oh, six no. games. 100%. Um, I thought about him. I couldn't do it. But, yes, I think confusing is a great word for it. Like, I uh, – because, yeah, I mean, he is still – I think he's playing well. I think the thing that shocked me, and this changed on Sunday, Declan, was it wasn't just the lack of sacks because pressures are ultimately the most important thing. Um. I think what really shocked me was through the first five games, how often I didn't notice him. Right. Like that's the confusing part, right? Cause it's not like, well, he's got to get three sacks a game. It's more so along the lines of how do I not see 99 more? So yes, I am. I was very surprised. Like I purposely didn't put him on, but to what you're saying, if at the start of the year you, you had told me at the bye week I was going to do a pie chart w- without him, I would say this team had won two games. The second player on the list, uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, now it's a running back. It's the position of itself that it's not as uh, sexy as it used to be, but the Vikings have a top five back, at least on paper, in Dalvin Cook. And you saw, again, a couple more explosive plays. He had the big run against Miami to seal the deal and give you a win and get you to 5-1. and one. But you still haven't seen a lot of those big explosive plays and, and the burst, as Judd has said. He has lacked the burst. He has lacked the same juice that he has had in his first, what, now five years in the NFL. I believe this is year six for Dalvin Cook um, that he hasn't, that he had, that he showed in previous seasons. Again, another player on here that I think if you were to make a preseason pie chart, if why you're going to be five and one, I would say a good chunk of people probably would put Dalvin Cook in that pie of the reason why you'd be 5-1. and one. And part of that is, and we, we uh, talked about this on Purple Daily yesterday, part of that is I would have expected that his overall stats, including receptions, would be way up, yep. and they're not. Um, yeah, you know what? I It's not that I expected him to be the, the player that he was four or five years years ago necessarily but I thought that there would be different ways to use him which we haven't really seen at least as far as getting him the football so yeah I'm Hunter I flat out if you had told me in August that the bye week won't be on a pie chart of potential praise or a pie chart uh, I would have said they're not very good yeah Dalvin I don't know I would have said that but I would have said well I'm surprised yeah because you would think that he would get the ball more 
Um, I don't mind how they are using him now. And the run on Sunday was great to see. I will again come back to saying this, and we said this about Kirk for a long time. I don't think you can justify Cook's contract from like one great run. And I know that he has to be accounted for, Dex, but, you know, he is he's good still, but he's certainly not been nearly as much a part of the offensive attack with the ball in his hands as I expected. So those two omissions are interesting ones. I purposely didn't include them. But that being said, it is surprising that they're not on that list. All right, and the third and final guy who I think does deserve to be on this pie chart that um, has made a positive impact, and it's a small piece of pie, but he deserves it. I think you got to put some respect on Matt Daniels. Um, I know Greg Joseph, oh, the kicker. Yeah, I love this. The kicker itself has has struggled. G but, money, but G, yeah, G money has had his own issues. Okay, I'm not worried about. I'm, I'm G money doesn't deserve to be on this pie chart. G money, and Matt G-Money Daniels is is, is D money apparently according to Judd. So oh, you. Well, oh, I, you're just making up names now. Okay, anyway, Matt Matt Daniels, though, uh, I think deserves yeah. to be on here. In terms of field position starting, the Vikings are actually starting on their own 32-yard line, which is the best um, field position of any team in the NFL through six games. So th- that's, you know a, that's, a, that's a field position game, baby. I think no, Matt Daniels, right. I don't know how you want to slice it. it. It can be a 5% chunk, but he deserves to be on this pie chart. I think that's the one omission that you did have. I think you're exactly right. Yes, yes, he d- he deserves it, and the overall... And I think really as a unit, the special teams, the game in London, in London they played well. The Bears game, they didn't. Uh, but I think in the rest of the cases, they played pretty damn well. You are right. That is an omission. And and shame on me because I am the guy who has said mm-hmm. that Matt Daniels should at least get the opportunity to interview for a head coaching position after the season. So, yes, thank you very much for correcting me on that one. I should have put him him on again ignoring special teams which is completely unfair because it is a huge part of the game so yeah matt daniels you get at least a five percent chunk i'll take five percent away from somebody i will say when you're making a pie chart and uh you're getting ready to watch some football and you're you're on your bye week i'm gonna be in my chill boys this weekend judd zolgad i'm gonna be just hanging out in my chill boys watching football watching red zone maybe making pie getting ready for thanksgiving here in a month you can never be too early for your thanksgiving prep i mean you may as well try out all these pies right so whether you're making a pie chart, you're eating a regular pie, or whether you do on the golf course, like you're trying to get some fall golf in, I would have on my chill boys the performance brand, the bamboo fabric. You and I were rocking the long ones. We didn't. I didn't. I didn't confirm Judd was walking the long ones. I didn't see them, thankfully. I'll talk about it in a second. But uh, but but the long johns. There's plenty of great options at Chill Boys, and you use promo code SCORE15 for 15 percent off your order at Chill Boys. Go ahead and do that. SCORE15, very nice. Uh, on Sunday, so it it was by the time we started vent line it was cold it was windy as hell at surly and it was cold i was bundled up properly but the most important thing was i had my chill boy socks and long johns on and i'm gonna tell you right now dex i never felt cold (laughs) like the wind was whipping through my jeans guess what stopped it chill boys your feet get cold you are really in trouble guess what they did that's the worst chill boys chill boys and and you got to try this, but those long johns are the most comfortable underwear I think I've ever... I used to hate long johns. Oh, I love them. I used to hate them. I used to hate them because they'd bunch up and I'd be uncomfortable. And No, not these, man. So, yes, they are fantastic. 
So let me give you some key uh, defensive stats here, mostly here. So uh, in your first chunks of pie, you were talking about Cam Dantzler versus Patrick Peterson. Um, so I, I went to Pro Football Reference, and now they can they can give you advanced uh, game logs. Yeah, that's right, advanced game logs. Not that one. I don't want to do. Somebody? I don't want to do a draft yet. No, I don't want to. Are a they draft drafting yet. somebody? Could, are, are they going to replace? They Peterson? could all. They could always use a cornerback, but uh, but no. Um, not the case. Fat finger. So I I I went and looked at Patrick Peterson, Cam Dantzler's targets and completions um, when quarterbacks are are throwing against them this season. So so far, uh, teams have targeted Patrick Peterson thirty five times. Yep, thirty five times through six games. Uh, those quarterbacks have completed just 17% of passes when targeting Pat P for a 48% completion percentage, which is really, really good. Um, and he has not allowed a touchdown. Now, his opposing passer rating when thrown against is 52.1, which is incredibly low. Uh, it's about 30 points even lower, or low as in good, uh, but uh, uh, right. 30 points lower than even last year. Teams were pretty successful on throwing against him. Now, I will say a lot of this came in the Miami game. Uh, his eight targets against, that was the third time a team has targeted him at least eight times in a game, and, and teams only completed three completions against him. But uh, on the season so far, when throwing against Patrick Peterson, he is 17-35, to 35, no touchdowns allowed, and holding passer ratings to 52.1. So he's been fantastic. He's been very good. He, and he's up there in age, and... Um, He's, so he is smart, though, man. Like, very smart I mean, guy. Part part of that position is just smarts. All right, all right. Let me uh, also let me look at Cam Dantzler here as as we do the same thing. So, Cam Dantzler was only targeted once in that Dolphins game. Uh, now it was a uh, completion for fourteen yards, but that was it. Um, he he didn't allow yep. a touchdown, didn't allow a big play. Uh, so far this season, teams yep. have targeted Cam Dantzler thirty-one times. They have completed passes for uh, 24, so that's a 77% completion percentage. So when targeting Cam Dantzler, quarterbacks are finding their wide receiver, but still, Cam Dantzler hasn't allowed a touchdown uh, this year, and the average depth of throw, uh, average depth of target is only nine yards. So okay. he, he's, yeah. he, he's also, it's, it's, it's close. He isn't giving up a lot of big plays. You know, again, the passer rating of 98 for Cam Dantzler against versus Pat P is a 52 against. I think it has more to do with the sample size. It's, it's, it's a small amount of, of targets versus completions, and that has a lot to do with your passer rating. But so far, both those guys haven't allowed touchdowns this year. Um, they aren't giving up necessarily huge plays, which is good. Even looking at the yak. Oh, yeah, the yak that they give up. Football. The yard after and that the can catch. Be on the safety, too, or. Yeah. Uh, Pat P help. has given up 77 yards of yak. Cam Dantzler has given up 93 yards of yak. Interesting. So the the actual targets towards them are closer than I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought Dantzler would would have more. Uh, but so between the two of them, zero touchdowns. Correct. That is really important. Uh, I will say total air yards on completion. Um, Cam Dantzler has given up 145 air yards. So that's the ball in the air. Yeah. Yeah, the Vikings are struggling in this one a little bit. I think. Pat P, 103. So okay. so Pat P has actually done a better job. Uh, when teams are targeting him, he isn't giving up you know big what? air I'm yards changing necessarily. It. Pat P, 5%. 5%, yeah. Dantzler, you're out. Pat Dantzler, P's been, you're, out, you're out of my pie chart. Patrick Peterson's in. Pat P's been really, really good as a 32-year-old. He was legitimately one of the best cornerbacks in the 2010s. He's a borderline Hall of Fame player even for that matter, and he's having a renaissance here. 
Uh, some more defensive stats here, Judd, that I want to get into from NFL uh-huh. GSIS here. So this is what's been so intriguing to me. So the Vikings are only giving up 19 points per game, which is honestly really good. <laughs> it's, it's really it's good. shocking, too. Yeah, it's it's been really, really solid. Because their defensive yards against, it, it, it again shows how yards against can be very can, can be a very misleading statistic. Yep. Because yards against, they're not great. And points against, to your point, 19 is not bad at all. Yeah, 19. You, you would take 19 points, um, which is oh, 11th yeah. in the NFL. But right now, um, yards-wise, yep. it's 26. So it, it is the definition of Ben not break. And actually, it's even worse uh, against the pass. So, so far this season, the Vikings average yards per pass against. They are giving up 7.8 yards per pass. That's 31st in the NFL. So teams are having success against this team when throwing against the Vikings, at least yards-wise. Um, they have given up 7.8 yards per passing yard, and they've given up 272 yards per game. That is 29th in the NFL. So they've, they have struggled there. I will say rushing, it's been better. Um, they're only giving up 4.2 yards per rush. That's 13th in the NFL, a drastic improvement from the last two seasons with yeah, the, the run defense. Gotten better. It's been better, yeah. and that's all you can really ask and for Sunday there. Helped. Um, also, though, the Vikings are... Uh, for whatever reason, this is where it's just the bend not break and situationally can you be really good. Um, so far this season, the Vikings are only giving up 34% on third down, which is seventh in the NFL, which has been good. They're good on third down. Situational. Again, Declan, situational. But teams when it matters. This, is, this is where it's just hilarious to me. Teams are going for it on fourth down a ton against the Vikings, and teams are converting them. Uh, teams are 58, have a 58% conversion rate on fourth down against the Vikings. That's 25th in the NFL. So even though they're doing well stopping third down plays, right. teams are doing very well because they're getting in fourth and manageables against this team a lot. What's the, what's the exact statistic on the fourth down uh, again, percentage? As far as, no, as far as like uh, opportunities. Oh, uh, I, uh, I'll, I'll pull that up here in a minute, but right now they have given up okay. 58% of those. Fourth I feel like down. the Detroit games swayed this in the, in a bad way because mm-hmm. it felt like Detroit had a ton of success on fourth down and Detroit went for it like five or six times in one game alone. And another issue is in red zone, the teams are converting 80% of their points in the red zone against the Vikings. That's 31st in the NFL. Yeah, that's got it. That's got to be improved. See, this is where it's just, it's, it's so hard to get a read on this defense because, um, they're doing well in points, or 19th, that's 11th in the NFL. They're doing well on right. third down, that's top 10 in the NFL. Um, right. Red zone, they're near dead last. Passing yards, they're near dead last. Sacks, they're 8th in the NFL, which is good. It is the classic definition of Ben don't break with this Vikings defense. Well, and that, that's why I think that this week has to be shored up. Like, they need to look at things. There are adjustments, and, and they had to have made an adjustment for for the the Dolphins game as far as pressure, I know that the Dolphins were down their tackles, so that definitely helped out. But um, the amount of pressure that they tuned up against the Dolphins was not a mistake. Like that's just not blind luck. Of well, their tackles are hurt, we'll we'll be great. Yeah, that helps. But they also, I think, came up with a coherent plan. Um, and if you can do that, then you can make enough tweaks to fix some of those stats. But so the stats that don't bug me as much are the yards against, because like that's how defenses are measured, and it's sort of weird because you get you know what between the twenties, knock yourself out. Like <laughs> if I hold you to field goals, knock yourself out. Uh, the points against very key, and the situational stats, the third downs, the red zones, which is not good. Um, but 
I guess if just from the eye test, if I could improve one thing so that when the Vikings come back for the Cardinals game, it's shored up. From the eye test, the thing that I would improve are the underneath passes that result in first downs that too often seem to be there. Yeah, they give up a lot of that yak, right? And then it gets it gets them in manageable situations for fourth down. So teams have gone against uh, 11 times, I believe, 11 times on fourth down against the Vikings okay. defense. They've converted um, a little more than 50% of those. And I think almost half of that was the, the Detroit game. Yeah, the Detroit yeah. game, they kept going for it and kept going for it until they should have gone for it, and that's when Dan Campbell turned it into a Lions coach and didn't go for it. Um, yeah, it has been, look, it has been six games in, a huge success record-wise, with a ton of things to fix. Um, and I, and, and I, I do think that there are things that can be fixed. Like, I don't think it's hopeless. But uh, you got to think at some point in time, if you don't get those things fixed, it's going to come back to bite you. Like you just gave enough defensive stats that should concern you, mm-hmm. right? Like there's enough in there that you got to pick apart and say, how do we, and, and it might just be red zone. It might be two things. It doesn't have to be like, well, we, we got to have the steel curtain or we're screwed. It might just be a couple of things, but those things need to be sh- shored up and fixed and at least give yourself a little bit more of a chance because you know with the schedule that they have i think it's very clear that this team is going to or should make the playoffs and with the remaining schedule they should have a lot of opportunities especially at home to win games but you know what if you make the playoffs and you have any hope of advancing so i'm not talking about they made the playoffs with o'connell that was great and then they lost in the first round i'm talking about making some noise um, you're going to meet teams that are going to exploit the very weaknesses that you just went through. You know, I mean, the Bills are going to exploit those things. So the question is, can you at least put duct tape on them to shore that, them up so that the good teams don't say, oh, my God, look at what the Vikings can't do here, there, or, you know, somewhere else. We're going to have a field day there. And I think that's where it gets into a very interesting internal conversation about what they can fix, what they – they need to fix. And you know what, Dex, too, flat out? I mean, the offense basically laid a clunker on Sunday. Yeah, they did. So that's another thing. Like, like your last your last game going into the bye, that was a clunker. And O'Connell and Cousins had some, I wouldn't call them heated necessarily. I would call them animated discussions <laughs> on the sidelines, which is fine again. But, like, there there are things there as well. That's what makes this five and one so intriguing, though. There's so many things where where you watch the games and say, "Oh hell yeah, that can be improved on." And I think the question is, starting with the Cardinals game, can you do you see a team that definitely has taken a step up in at least certain areas? Absolutely. By the way, this episode of Purple Daily is sponsored by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Federated's corporate culture is grounded in equity, integrity, teamwork, and respect. And these four cornerstones create the foundations that support all interactions and decision-making. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it is our business to protect yours. Well, there was your pie chart, Judd. There was uh, some key defensive stats. A lot of good Matt stuff. Daniels I, missed, go, Matt Daniels was missed. I'm going to go... Daniels, dude. So, like, Hunter... Don't feel bad. Uh, he's not on there. Dalvin Cook, uh, not on there. Um, Matt Daniels, Mia culpa. I'm sorry. You get at least five percent. Go apologize to our guy, Matt Daniels. Go You've done a great job, but but again, bye week fixed G money. You got fixed G money. 
This is I'm I'm gonna tell you right now as a longtime observer of the purple, okay? I'm gonna tell you right now, Declan Goff, that you gotta fix the kicker. Cause do we want to see do we wanna see a playoff game where G Money has to attempt a fifty two yarder and we have no fix? Get the flag ready, Judd. Get the flag ready when it's ready to go. All right, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment. Phil uh, should be back on Wednesday for an accountability session and write that down as well. So uh, we're going to have some predictions for you. We're excited for that. Hit the subscribe button. We have a packed Monday of content from yesterday on this Purple Daily YouTube channel. We have our full show. We have our hottest takes. We have Realistic Randy. We have Before We Die with Thor Nystrom and Jesse Pearson, Ross Brendel. So go check out those episodes if you haven't as well. And hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Vikings Entertainment, where we just want to see the Vikings win a Super Bowl before we die.